Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sotelos Podcast <laughs> Gracias, Ariela. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, familia, the holidays are supposed to be full of joy, celebrating with family and creating lifelong memories. Unfortunately, that's not life reality for many of you that have lost a loved one. And now the holidays remind you of how much you miss them and how much you wish they were still here with you. How do you still find joy during the holidays when you lost a loved one? On this episode today, we will be talking to one of my best friends that has helped encourage me tremendously after my father went to heaven four months ago. Mm-hmm. He unfortunately has to go through the holidays without his entire immediate family. Ooh. His father, sister, and mom are all in heaven now. How does he still find joy in life, especially during the holidays when it's all about being with your family? We will dive into that and much more coming up next. Before we begin, I'd like to thank God for another opportunity to hang out with you. My name is your boy Edgar, and this is my wonderful Novia Eterna Janet. Oh, I love that. Hola. And please welcome one of my best friends, mi hermano, Alaric Fuller is his government name. But many of you know him as Majestic. A.K.A. Madge. Theo Madge. Madge. Hi, Madge. No, welcome. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me. What's up? Madge, I appreciate you jumping on this. I know it's not an easy topic, obviously. I do want to share some good news towards the end of our episode. Some awesome news that I got actually while I was having lunch with Majestic celebrating his birthday a few weeks ago. As we were both talking about our parents that are now in heaven, boom, I received a text message with some great news about work. Amazing. And at that moment, we both knew because we were just talking about it, that it was a certain type of sign or way that my dad was sending me love from heaven. Wow. Definitely. And uh, Madge, I've said this to you many a times, bro, in private, on the phone, and Janet knows this, but we are so grateful for you, bro, for being mm-hmm. an example of how, listen, man, you could have easily chosen to hate life, hate God, question God, hate people, but regardless of your circumstances and the tragedies that you've lived in your life, bro, you choose, keyword, you choose the exact opposite of that, man. You Thank choose you, to love life, to love God, to love your friends unconditionally. Yes. Yeah. What What do you think helps you choose love over being a victim? And nobody would blame you, bro. If you lived a bitter life, hating people, straight up lost, nobody would blame you. They'd be like, yo, it makes sense, man. The dudes mm-hmm. lived through a lot of tragedy. Honestly, I overall, I feel like I do indirectly or by nature choose to try to still be myself and be who I believe I am and maybe how others see me as, you know, my, minus the, the loss I've had and, and that type of depression. But, um, I have those moments, you know what I mean? And I still have those moments where I'm like, yo, like I, I question a lot, 
there's so many times I can tell you I've had moments where I'm just saying, what's the point? Like I really, I say those words and, and thank God just through, through time and through friendship and through, I guess the foundation that, um, my parents and family put in me, you know, I, I moved past those, those moments, but I think it's exactly that to your question. It's, it's a combination of how I grew up and what my, my mom, dad, and sister as well instilled in me and the type of attitude they had growing up and they suffered loss. And I saw it when I was young and I don't think about this all the time, but I remember when I was a young, young, young kid. And sometimes you just, there's no, nothing you can remember at certain ages, but there's certain moments you remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my, um, my mom lost her dad. And I remember those moments when my dad would say things about his mother that I didn't get the chance to meet, but he was so close to her. But everything I ever saw growing up, them dealing with their loss was the undertone or the message after it was like perseverance. The, the loss doesn't, doesn't cripple you or stop you from doing what you need to be doing. So I think those things maybe indirectly mm. growing up, put that inside of me as well. And, and I saw some of that and I remember those memories and I remember, you know, my parents always did whatever they had to do to either provide for us or move forward or just live on, you know, combining that with, with friends and family like you and Janet and my other friends I grew up with that are always there for me, no matter what, even if I'm just like randomly FaceTiming or calling out of nowhere, it's not even a question that whatever you can do and the friends can do to support and be there for me, they're always there. Mm -hmm. So, and I say it all the time now as well, without my closest friends and fam that, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be lost. I don't know what I'd be doing. And I have those moments and I've had those certain moments too, like soon after my mom, my mom died two and a half years ago that I felt like I was spiraling, like, you know, random nights where I go out and just kind of be reckless. You know what I mean? And then I just kind of catch up with myself and be like, yo, this is not, this is not um what I'm about or who I am. Yeah, we've spoken about those moments, man, right? Where you, you did feel that way. And so many times it comes back to what would your parents and your sister want for you? Mm -hmm. Would they want to see you spiraling and going down that route? But instead you choose to honor their memory in a positive way. Your last name, Fuller, you know, your heritage, your family, and still represent them in a positive way uh, because they did sacrifice so much. You know, both of your parents are immigrants, your dad came from Germany. Your mom came from the Philippines. And uh, we, before we dive into uh, giving us a little more context about your family and how they immigrated over to this country and you and your sister were born here in the States in the tri-state area in New Jersey, you know, imagine I met in New York in 2015 when Janet and I took that leap of faith to leave Dallas and go to New York for a radio gig to work English radio for the first time. And wow, five years ago. Huh? Yeah, Majestic wow. was uh, working middays with a good friend of ours, Nico, on the same radio station producing for him. And we were looking for a morning show producer and we were blessed to get him and producer Kristen to come on board. And, uh, and I'm just so grateful, man, because since that day you became ride or die, you became my best friend. We went through a lot, bro. Yep. A lot of people not believing in us professionally speaking. And mm -hmm. honestly, I don't know if I would have believed in us either, but we accomplished <laughs> some great things professionally speaking with Nina, yeah. as well as, as a, you know, part of the crew and the team. We had a lot of fun and made a lot of great memories. I love the fact that you guys can talk about everything and anything, you know, like back when we were in New York, you guys were like, yeah, what club are we going to hit up? Or we're going to mm -hmm. be DJing so we can go support. And then who would have thought that a few years later, we were going to bring you over with us to LA. Yep. And then a few years later, you and Edgar were going to have 
that in common, the loss of a loved one. It's a special friendship, for real. Like, yeah. definitely. I appreciate you, Magic. When you were saying, when there's those moments, what's the point? What yeah. do you do first? Do you call somebody or you drink a White Claw? <laughs> um, white Claw usually comes later. <laughs> but um, I think the biggest thing is just being aware of what you need in that moment and not shutting things out or letting yourself be a victim is, I think, an important thing because, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy and it's, it's understandable to sometimes just be like, what's the point? Just fall into your hole and just, you know, feel sorry for yourself and be angry at the world. You know, it, it's a matter of kind of shaking yourself up and, and thinking things through and letting the thought go with the emotion and figure out like, yo, I need to, I need to get out of this. There's a lot of people that depend on me for things. Mm. There's a lot of things I'm living for. There's a lot of memories I'm living for. I always feel like my family is with me one way or another. Yeah. So it's not like, me giving up or me doing something or like sticking right. with that thought is me giving up or saying, what's the point mm -hmm. to them too, you know? Oh, so, and I've told E like, um, when I first came to LA, that was months after my, my mom died at one point I was like, okay, cool. New environment. You know, you, you try to deal with grief different ways and it's like, all right, I, I'm somewhere new. I'm not in, in the middle of everything that just happened And, um, I'm, a, I feel, I feel okay for a moment, but like, before you know it, you can't get away from, from what you're going to go through from those feelings. If you change your environment or whatever it is, it's, it's there, you know, and it's things you have to face. And being aware was the first time that I'd be like, yo, I need to talk to somebody mm. like, and that was the first time I ever called like say Kaiser or some type of person to find a therapist or find a bereavement group. Right. That was never in my thought. Like wow. ever until you life. got to LA. Yeah, that was maybe oh. months, two to four months after I got to L.A. Yeah. You know what, Madge? I want to congratulate you because that was very mature of you. And anybody else mm. would have just been like, ah, I'm good. Like their ego first, you know, like I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. Yeah. I'm going to drink yeah. it off or I'm going to just keep yeah. going. But like try to think that they could do it on their own. Yeah. And the fact that you went out of your way to like, ah, I don't know about this. I don't feel right. And it's yeah. been a couple of years and I thought that a new move would be better. But you went and got help and that's amazing because Edgar and I support that. And Being aware completely yeah. and, and, and asking for help. And I remember there was times where we'd be in the middle of the show and it wasn't often, but it would happen. And Majestic had another studio and I would go over there and yeah. he would just be breaking down crying. And in that moment, you know, you realize that and I appreciate that Majestic would just let it out and yeah. not just try to hold it back in. And we would pray right in that moment. You know, mm -hmm. we would pray for strength and we were just there for each other always, you know, and I was going through stuff with my mom's terminal illness thank god she's a walking miracle still but then you know my dad's cancer came along and so on and so forth but i appreciate you've always been there imagine if you could take us a little bit chronologically through the loss of your father your sister and then your mm -hmm. mom so your parents are immigrants they came over to the states and, and they had built their own business and construction in new york and new jersey area and You kind of touched on it a little bit that you ended up going to Germany to maybe pick it up from there, man. Like your dad's German, yeah, and then yeah. the mom Filipino from the Philippines. Yeah. So and then Madge looks like Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> just throwing it out there. That's a good one, La Bamba. Uh -huh. La Bamba, yeah, La Bamba, La Bamba LDP. <laughs> I mean, growing up, and I was in Jersey City, and our family company was in Jersey City. At 18, that's when I um, moved to Berlin by myself because the whole plan was, um, at the time, it's crazy history, they were actually rebuilding uh, East Berlin at the time. And they were uh, looking for, for companies to, to come and 
you know, be a part of the whole process that the government would provide, like catapult them into building Berlin back, you know? Yeah. Like incentives, right? Like funding and so on and so forth. So we actually, in that process, we were actually moving the entire company from New York to, to Berlin. And it was a big move. It's, it's, you know, it was a big company. We did a lot of stonework in, in New York, but you know, it was going to be like the next chapter in, in the company and for the family. And we were all down to do it, you know? So I went first and then, um, about a year and a half after I came, my, my dad came and then my sister and mom were closing up the shop in um, New York and planned to come. And in, in the time that I was there by myself, I was just going through uh, German classes, learning the language and some of the requirements I needed to do college there. So my, my dad came over and then um, it's crazy about two or three weeks after he, he came to Berlin, he had, um, and there wasn't really signs either. You know, he, he was a uh, pretty healthy older, it's like in his early sixties he had a uh, heart heart failure and i remember it in the apartment um where we were living at the time in uh in berlin it was crazy it was a sunday and it was just like any other normal sunday and i think i was on the computer and my dad was watching tv and um all of a sudden it it was like he was taking a nap like he kind of just dozed off a little bit then then i started calling his name like hey because something was off and you can feel it and um, yeah, he wasn't responding. It was it was crazy. Like he wasn't responding for minutes. And then I went over there to shake him. Um, he wasn't responding. So I called the ambulance. And you know that was like Saturday afternoon, maybe like two p.m. And you know, the ambulance picked him up, and it was uh, they brought him to a hospital nearby. And I just I remember vividly, like, kind of like, all right, I knew that they um that he was breathing and everything, you know, was more or less stable when they got him. And, um, I remember just collecting clothes and like shoes just to like, in case he needed to change. It was crazy mm. because, um, the person I talked to at the hospital was like, yeah, you, you can come here and everything's stable. You know, he's stable at the moment. I collected some stuff and I went over to the hospital. That was a couple hours later. And after, uh, after I got there, maybe, Maybe 20 minutes later, I was greeted by, by the nurse and, you know, they let me know he wasn't doing well and that his heart was, uh, was in pretty bad condition that night. Yeah. Like I was, I was by his side and he passed away and it was super, you know, sudden and it was just something like totally unexpected, you know? Yeah, it's just, uh-huh. it's wild how at any moment, you know, things can change for, for any of us. 100%. And I remember one of the times you told me about this uh, memory of yours, Madge, is you said it was like the craziest thing was jumping back in a cab and and going back home and just like it hitting you of like, I'm not going to see my dad again. That was it. I remember it so clearly too like i got out of the hospital and then um i got home i knocked out without even thinking you know i think everything was drained of me in that moment and then i remember telling ue and i remember the next morning i woke up and that's when it all like hit me like i slept without any issues like no I, i slept throughout the night i remember just waking up looking around at like my thoughts and what was happening caught up to me and I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs. 
hysterically. And that's that's your first experience with with death in an in, from someone in immediate family, right? And yeah. and that was what at 18, 19 years of age. Yeah, nineteen. And Madge, thank you. I know it's it's not easy, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And listen, man, I don't want you to necessarily go into you know super detail about your sister or your mom, but you know, then comes the passing of your sister. How many years after that would you say? And then how many years after was that her was mom's passing? Eight years after. Yeah. Um, my sister, she uh it was it was sudden too. She came down with like a a bad flu slash pneumonia and yeah. then um she developed like a, a sepsis, which is like, you know, something for the the throat where there's too much in the throat area where the breathing is difficult. And I was in San Diego um, when we moved there after New York and after Berlin. That was like 2008. And then, uh, yeah, again, like me and my mom went through all of this together. So you imagine like every time and every moment something like that's happening, you just, your relationship with uh, your immediate family. And my mom is super close. Anyway, of course, like the best relationship I think a mother and son could have, right. like it just gets stronger and you become each other's like pillar, you know? Right. Cause now you got your father, her husband, your sister, her daughter, and you yep. guys were there for each other. Yep. You know, and then what is it now going to be three years ago? Majestic? Yeah. Three years ago. Um, after five years of your mom battling lung cancer and, and just literally being a walking miracle as well. And just shocking doctors over and over again she was just resilient and a woman of faith and continuously prayed and and had so much faith in god and she was in the philippines you were in new york working with us and i remember there are many a times man where you had to jet out of the work and and fly to the philippines to be with her and through different chemo we didn't know if she was going to make it or not but Mm-mm. there she was she made it and then you would come back and work with us again and yeah and she would always be like no nah, i'm fine go you know leave me alone go back to work with your friends you know and always, like, yeah. don't worry about me um and then obviously three years ago around christmas time uh, she went on to be with heaven and 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 that's what's crazy to me Madge, is that you know at that time who do you go to from your immediate family that can understand and feel that same level of loss with you and you really don't have anybody that can feel at that level right yeah that immediate family level like you had your mom in all these instances yeah and that's what makes it so remarkable match again you choose to still love life you choose to still honor your parents and your sister's memory yeah by being positive and not giving up and he's just a great human being. I yeah. imagine you really Thank are. You, you, you would you. be like the perfect person to be bitter and like hating life and being rude to everybody, you know, mm. but you're like the kindest. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said this. Person. If I had a sister, I'd be like, Madge, go ahead and marry her, bro. You did. You, you've been saying that. Yeah. Since early since we met, I was like, you don't even know me that well oh, yet, but you so still believe funny. in me. And trust me, I know tons of Madge's, <laughs> you know, dating stories and booty call stories. So even so. In the end, I, I would let him date my sister. I trust you, Madge, a thousand percent. I would treat I would treat your sister if she was here with the utmost respect for sure. <laughs> like you have every other woman too, uh-huh. you know. I mean, they knew what they were getting into. But uh, <laughs> but no, Madge. Coming up next, I want to talk about you know what it is that you do that helps you during the holidays 
for people that are in a situation like you or like I am where for me, it's my first holiday season without my dad. We're going literally right now through his birthday weekend. Yeah. Uh, November 9th oh. is his birthday. Um, oh. What has helped you through that journey in those days and that season, especially because your mom passed away right around Christmas Day? Two um, days after Christmas, yeah. Yeah. So coming up next, I want to dive into that and also reveal the really cool story and the good news that I got while I was hanging out with Madge a few weeks ago that I knew it was my dad being my hype man in heaven. Got some really good news with work mm-hmm. coming up next. Madge, what would you recommend that somebody does that has lost a loved one and coming into this holiday season? Again, man, I used to never think about this, right? I used to think of like Father's Day, Mother's Day, my birthday, holidays in such an exciting way because I knew that even though Jen and I, for 10 years, we lived outside of LA area where my parents lived, we knew that we were going to come visit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was always about like, yes, I get to see my parents, I get to see family, so on and so forth. Yeah. And this is the first holiday season that I'm going into. And we just celebrated my dad's birthday this weekend. And we had a dinner with family. Babe, Janet, you were absolutely amazing. Thank you for being so strong and being there for me. And, you know, we went around the table and, and talked about amazing memories about my dad. And we cried. Yeah. We laughed. Yeah. And we just focused on celebrating his life. But Madge, what would you say for you, not having your dad, your mom, and your sister, your immediate family, what would you recommend people can do to not be robbed of that joy and love and peace that you can still feel during the holidays? You're going to find some type of peace, some type of relief and ease with those people that are, whoever they are, closest to you, friends you grew up with, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, like, and they're not always, and they're not supposed to understand what you're going through exactly or whatever it is. And sometimes people don't say the right things, but like, you know, that your best interests are, are in mind from, from them, you know, like that's what they want for you and they want to be there the best way possible. So like you guys did this weekend, like just going through it, I can't tell you how many times me and my mom talked about my dad and sister, just talking about memories and enjoying it. Even if we're just crying and like, you're sad that, like the new memories like that aren't being made. Like there's so much joy in the memories that you've had with them and you have to let yourself cry and let yourself go through it and just be around loved ones as as best you can, you know, like, and it's, it's hard and it's impossible to avoid. And I remember one moment in the studio, like you were talking about before when it was a mother's day and that was the first mother's day after my mom passed, we were in the station and, I remember we were talking about some stuff on air and then I went to the other studio and like just broke down and you came in. That was, that was a moment cause that was the first mother's day. And it was, it was something I didn't, I knew I was going to feel it, but I didn't expect it to be like that and hit like that. So, and just you being there. And that's what I mean. Like just being around friends and loved ones and everything. Like you have to do your best to surround yourself with those people and, and be open to going through those emotions, knowing it's going to be hard and sad because you have to go through it and you know they want the best for you no matter what two things i want to highlight here but first i see janet get really emotional and and crying a lot right now babe do you want to express what you're feeling i can't even talk (laughs) because for me um 
the first like big loss has been your dad in my life. And I can't imagine losing a mom, a dad, and a, you know, a sibling. So I'm like, and what I, what I know of Madge is like, he's such an amazing person. And then he could be upset at God. Like, why is all this happening to me, you know? But instead, he's always so generous and always there for us and always there for everybody. So it just brings me tears of like, wow, it's a lot that he's that you've been through much. And you're still an amazing human being. So Thank we're you. just blessed to have you in our lives. And yeah. ladies, he's single. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's just a... It's a lot, Matt, and and I know God has the right woman for you, and I know the times that we've prayed with you, you're just receiving. I mean, you know, we're not maybe your common friends that are like, hey, let's just get drunk. (laughs) But we like to pray, and we like to take it up to God, and you've always been open to that, and we thank you for that. I appreciate it so much. Like, you know, it's so important, and and to kind of your point too, like those moments where I ask, like, what's the point and why sometimes – What's, what's crazy and what stuck with me, and, and I'm lucky for this, is like when I saw my mom and when I was going through it with my mom and she she knew things were bad and whatever, we'd have conversations and I just hold myself not to break down in front of her, but she never blamed or got mad or said anything like that to God and even asked why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ever, ever. The only thing she ever said was like, God's will is God's will. And I'm, I'm going to pray, you know, that wow. uh, she always said she's blessed. She always said we're blessed no matter what. So every time I pray, no matter like how sad I am or whatever, if I'm crying, thinking about family, like the first thing I do, no matter what, is thank God for what I do have. Ooh, that's good. Always, always, always. I think that's so key right there. Whether you've lost a, an immediate family member or not, uh, you're hearing somebody that has gone through a lot of loss. Yeah. He still chooses to focus on what he does have and the blessings that God has given him and to be grateful for those things and zoom in on them and maximize that and blow that up. It's so easy and sometimes easier to be a victim and focus in on what we don't have. Yeah. When you approach life with a grateful heart, God will fill you with peace and you will find the joy in the things that you do have. And the second thing I wanted to highlight, Madge, is what I heard you say about the holidays. Even though you don't feel like being around anybody, do not isolate yourself from the world. You force yourself to And the there. people that love you. Yeah. Even though they maybe don't know completely how to best love you during those moments. And like, you're right, Madge, they may say stuff like, oh, it's fine. You know, um, you'll get over yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's like, yo, it's not a breakup. Dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, totally. this is my mom or my dad or my sister that is no longer here physically, but here in spirit and in heaven. But, you know, they don't mean anything bad by that. Um, not at all. But don't isolate yourself. So thank you for opening up with the, about that and, and sharing that with us. And, you know, there are ways that our loved ones, even though they're in heaven, at times, I believe, communicate and send us their love. To be honest with you, before I experienced my dad's death, that used to kind of creep me out a little bit. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, like oh, boo, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I had this experience and I, I feel like my mom was, you know, in heaven was talking to me or this or that. And I'll be like, all right, that's kind of weird. You know, but it's not in a weird, creepy spirit ghost type of way. Mm-mm. Just a few weeks ago was Majestic's birthday. I hit him up. I'm like, man, we got to celebrate you. 
yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but we'll figure it out. We went to eat some burgers outdoors with my nephew, yeah. Eddie, and my co-host, Becca, and we were just hanging out. And I was telling Magic, bro, like, I haven't been able to dream with my dad. And, I like, I miss him so much that, <laughs> like, I go th- go to sleep thinking about him. I watch videos of him. I see pictures, and I'm like, I hope I can at least dream with you. I'm laughing because sometimes I dream with him and I'll wake up and I'm like, babe, I had a dream with you. You're like, shut up. What? No, he's all upset at me. Tell him more about me. Yeah. yeah. Tell him to come hang out with me. Yeah. But, you know, I think Janet was his favorite over me. But uh, <laughs> True. No, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, man, I wish. And I know he's there and, and he's shown it before. But I was sharing with you, Madge, as I was confessing this to you, right? And then you yep. started telling me a story about the first time you felt your mom sending you love. How? And, and as you were telling me that story, I got a text from work and I got some great news, but let's relive that moment, Madge. So we're eating lunch at the burgers and you tell your story about how your mom first showed love to you after she passed away and you were in the Philippines. It was in the Philippines and this was maybe two, two to four weeks after, after my mom passed away. I was pulling out of our front lawn kind of where the where I would park the car and there's a big gate there right and I was just going to I think the the town to pick up groceries or whatever and it's never really windy or anything like that unless it's raining in the Philippines or whatever and I was leaving the house and then for some reason I stopped before leaving the gate to like reply to a text or something (laughs) and then as I was leaving I don't know some gust of wind or whatever it may be closed the door the gate door on the side of the car and I was driving at the same time. So it kind of like screeched it on the side of the car and it made a dent, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, damn, like it just ruined the door. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, whoever texted me, you have to pay for this. <laughs> but I got back from going to get the groceries or whatever. And then I took a picture of the the damage on the door. And then I was um, texting with a friend when I was at home and I was like, Oh, uh, this happened today. Something happened to, to the car. I was just pulling out a super random because the door never, the gate never closes like that, you know? And then I sent the picture and then the girl I was um, chatting with, she was like, wait, that looks like a face. And I looked at it closer and it looked exactly like a face. Like it was a round shape of the head. And then it had two scratches where the eyes would be or two marks where the eyes would be a mark where the nose would be and a small mark like the chin where the mouth. And then I was looking at the picture. I was like, why does this look so familiar? And then I went back in my camera roll. One of the last pictures I have of my mom out of the hospital was in that exact yard where I pulled the car out of. And, you know, at that time, because of the chemo and and things like that, her her face, it was like a rounder shape. Yo, the silhouette. Yeah. Of my mom's face in that picture, the angle in that yard, almost identical to the silhouette and shape of the face on the side of the car. I remember that. You sent us a photo of that. I did. When we were in New York. And I think the car was like yellow or like a light. Yeah, the scratches were like a light brown. Yeah, I remember that. somehow it made a face. And Edgar and I were speechless, even though we always have something to say. That was like a wow. (laughs) Yeah, like the dent and the scratches were literally identical to the last picture that you took of your mom. You yeah, know, it looked and, exactly the same shape, yeah. same silhouette, like proportion wise. And even the direction, like looking in a direct, it was uh-huh. so yeah. crazy. And as soon as I noticed that, that was another moment where I just hysterically started crying again <laughs> did, because it was so powerful, you know? Did you feel sad? Did you feel like peace? What did you feel when you saw that? 
what's weird in those moments, I, I think maybe I just feel sad and like, you know, just like yeah. distraught again, but the cry and the sadness, there's, there's more, there's a certain joy to it and a certain peace to it and a certain like healing peace and oh. where, yeah, where, where I know I'm not alone still, you know what oh. I mean? I know there's, and every now and then in my mind, I know she's just kind of letting me know what's up in whatever way it may be. Like it, comfort. Yeah, she's there and, and it is, it's a comfort too after going through it, like you said, like you heal a little bit and it's a little bit better, you know? Isn't that crazy? Yesterday we felt that. And I told Edgar this morning, I'm like, I felt like your dad's essence was here because we were all laughing after we cried and remembered him. But like, he was just a jokester. And like, I felt like we were laughing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, we were. We were clowning around a lot at a celebration dinner that we had with the family yesterday. But what happened? Tell me what happened when you got the phone call. or So so Madge was saying that story again, Uh right? We were reliving the moment because I was just telling him like, I wish I could feel have, my dad have or, more experiences uh-huh. with dad, you know, whether it's my dreams or whatnot. As we were talking about that and Madge finished telling that story about his mom, yeah. I get a text and Madge, you were there. I was, I was, I think I was just pulling up the pictures to show like Becca and um, Eddie. <laughs> that one photo of the mom. Yeah, the oh. photo of, of Madge's mom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, you guys aren't going to believe, man, the text I just got as we're speaking about, you know, Madge's mom and my dad. And it was a text about work. For those of you who don't know, but I have a radio show. The goal behind it is to get it into as many cities across this nation as possible, across the nation. And my dad knew about this project before he passed away, and he was super excited and super happy. And actually, when I got my final contract that confirmed that the deal was going to go through for me to launch this project, I got the email as I was signing my dad's last funeral contract papers. And I walked out and I got the email basically saying, hey, the deal went through. We're going to move forward with you. But what happened with Madge and I two weeks ago is that I got the news that we were going to start in a new city, that Salt Lake City, a radio station in Salt Lake City, Latino 1063, picked up our show and they wanted it there. Now, we had been talking to them for the last month and a half and we were just waiting for a start date. Mm -hmm. And the start date that they chose to start our show is November 9th. Oh, Pachino's birthday. Wow. Which is my dad's birthday. Wow. And I got the text right as I was talking to Majestic and my nephew Eddie and Becca, my co-host, about how I I wish I could have more experiences with him, you know? And did you feel comfort? Did you feel peace or did you feel like crying? Like what Madge said, you immediately start bawling. So I'm sitting there Mm -hmm. at this restaurant in LA outdoors just bawling after eating a burger, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I had too many calories. But no, I just started crying, man. And Madge and I, you know, like, we're no shame anymore with crying, right, man? It's like, we don't Not care crying. where we're at, bro. Anywhere, anywhere, any time of day, you name the place, I'll be there crying. I just don't hold that stuff back anymore, man. It's so healthy and it feels so much better. But it was just a sense of joy of like, Pops, I know you're up there being my hype man right now. You know, looking out. And I know you're still proud. And, and I know you still want the best for me. And same thing for you, Madge. You know, your parents and your sister want the best for you. And that's why we can't quit and we won't quit. Right. And that's why we're still going to be grateful and choose to look at our blessings and not our problems. Right. I wanted to point something out that I thought was interesting when Madge said growing up, he remembers seeing his parents react to their loss and how we have to live life like that because we don't know who we might be influencing at that moment without at, uh, Majestic's parents knowing his dad they were already leaving him lessons for life. Preparing him. Preparing him for what was going to happen one wow. day, you know? 
1000%. And I think the whole message that I'm getting out of this is like, yeah, surround yourself with great people. You know, don't be alone when you have lost one or two or more family members. And, um, and also like, let's be good humans because we are leaving a lesson for not only our kids, but if we don't have kids, those around us. Yeah. Facts. And look, we're living through some crazy times right now. A lot of division, a lot of social injustice, the political climate, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, Madge and I, we speak about this a lot, bro. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? M my whole thing, and I, and I hope the takeaway that you can get for today, whether you have lost somebody or not, is that you're encouraged to live a kinder, more grateful, spirited life. And that you know that at any moment you can go to prayer, you can go to God to seek peace, to seek healing, and to go to your friends and closest people. Psychologists. Therapy. Yeah. Whatever it is, do not... Give up on yourself. You are worth it. With the climate, the political climate that we're going through, regardless of who the president is right now, yes, the president has a lot of influence over our country, but they don't have full power over how you and I choose to treat each other mm. with more kindness, with more respect, with more love, with a grateful heart. That choice we make 100% ourselves. That choice Majestic has made himself. Yeah. And I thank you, Madge, for opening up your heart. Mm. <laughs> Trust me, I know it's not easy reliving those moments. Yeah. I hope in, any, in a way, shape, or form, this was also part of your continuous healing. It and is, there is definitely. no finish line. There is no finish line to that healing. No. Oh, there's not supposed to be, you know, like you, you, there's so much to go through and, and there's just so much emotion involved. It's, it's a continuous process, but you know, you, you figure out little things along the way. And at the yeah. same time, you appreciate more and more. Absolutely. So it's okay. Match. Thank you, bro. Any last words before we wrap up, my man? I just want to say, uh, like, I, I mean, we've been saying it throughout the podcast here, but, and I've been through so many thoughts at like so much despair and like a, a lot of like low moments, but you at the end of it, there's so much more to be grateful for than to be like broken about there's so much that we can be thankful for and thank god for and then that's why i continue to just thank god for everything i have like i mean just being able to to live in these times and to have friends and to have family like yo it, it, you can't take any of that for granted it's super precious so you know really um cherish those relationships and you, you got to be grateful it's tough for a lot of people out there, but. Well, thank you, Madge. We're grateful for you in our lives. And we know that God's going to continue to use you and transforming you. And we know that the best is yet to come for you. Same here. Thank you. Love you, bro. Thank you for always being there for me and for Janet and for the girls, professionally speaking, bro. You know, you've been my right hand dude for, for quite some time now. And, oh. and I know you're going off into your own ventures and your own business <laughs> ventures uh by the way thanks for soon. getting him into sneakers um he's like a yeah. big sneaker <laughs> well, whatever Madge and, and dan from new york shared with me i, I got into but thank you bro love you what's um, your handle yeah where can our listeners follow you you do have a, a twitch account as well where people yeah. can see you mix live and have a good time with you bro so go ahead plug that on all socials i am at majestic sound so at m-a-j-e S-T-I-K-S-O-U-N-D. Majestic sound. Majestic with a K. Um, yeah, mainly on my Instagram. So y'all could DM me there. Ladies say, what's up? Holler, <laughs> the holidays is coming up. So you know what I'm saying? But yeah, mostly on Instagram. And I'm on Twitch and uh, 
Majestic sound. Ladies, hit me up for the holidays. <laughs> just know that we don't we don't know each other like that yet. So don't expect the present. Don't expect no gift or whatever. We can Facetime, but you know. <laughs> At majestic sound, uh, love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate all the love you've been sending. Please subscribe and definitely comment on Apple Podcasts, especially it helps out the podcast tremendously. And yes. if you want to follow us on social media and connect, you can look us up at hashtag losotelos or on our website losotelos.com love you guys remember to love serve and celebrate each other dedicate yes. this episode to majestic's mom dad sister and my dad up in heaven they're hanging out and they're mm-hmm. and i know Madge, that they're they're hanging out right now and being proud of us and what we're doing here on earth still and representing him in a positive way bro definitely 100 percent. thank you love you Madge. feliz cumpleaños love you guys papa 78th birthday Woo! Love you guys. Happy birthday. Don't allow anyone or anything to steal your joy. Thanks for listening to Hanging With. The Sardellas Podcast. Good morning, Dada. Oh, 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 oh,